What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast. On behalf of Baseline Times, this is one of your co-hosts, as always, Chevy here. And you can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. Give us a follow at Baseline Times on Instagram and Twitter. We've got the 2021 NBA playoffs first round wrap up. But first, we'll chat about the second round and towards the end of the show, recap who our studs and duds are from the first round of the playoffs in hand. Well, we also have to uh, talk about the teams that are officially eliminated from the playoffs with some NBA eulogies. But I will not be doing that alone because with that journey to the graveyard, one of my co-hosts will be joining me there. Robbie, you're suffering similar pain, aren't you? This is oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, it it is weird, right? The two teams that made the finals last season mm. got kicked out in the first round. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm going through the stages of grief, right? I, I did yeah. the shock and denial, pain and guilt. I'm still kind of angry, uh, definitely depressed. There's definitely no acceptance and hope in there yet. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the bubble was a fluke. Oh. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, man. Zach Zach Lowe and his folks were right, huh? The Miami Heat were a bubble fluke. And and the Los Angeles Lakers need to put a little asterisk next to to their title. There's... Mm -hmm. No man, look. You and know, you know who I mean, else is we got the hardest, this, right? The team that's playing tonight, the Clippers, because whether they're in or out of the bubble, they still choke when it matters. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, all right, let's not be rude here. We'll go ahead and introduce our 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 third co-host of the show uh, is joining us. One of our interns here for the summer. He's bringing us some fire graphics on Instagram. Jordan, what's up, man? Welcome to the Shooter Pass podcast. What's up? What's up? How you feeling about this, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jordan. Well, you know, uh, I'm an avid basketball fan. I follow I follow college and the NBA. You know, I I really enjoyed the playoffs. Everybody seems to have a problem with something going on in the playoffs, but I seem to I I loved it. You know, I love the that new faces are going further in the playoffs. And yeah, LeBron lost. Yeah, Kawhi and Pete and Paul George still choke, but I, I I like I like it. I'm for it all. You know. Yeah. Um. You know. <laughs> Here we are today. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James is not going to see an NBA Finals this year, and he made the playoffs this year. And here we are. Um. With that, you know, no. Uh. We talk about NBA moods here at the front of the show. So, uh, Robbie, you have a good NBA mood for us? I actually do. And you know what? It has nothing to do with the Lakers or the Heat. We'll set our grief aside for later in the podcast. Um, this is pretty funny. I I love John Morant. I'm very excited about what the future holds for him. He's played so well in his playoff debut, which, you know, we'll touch on later in the podcast as well. But uh, I was watching one of his postgame pressers, and he does this thing where he says, you know, a million times. And I went on Reddit, and I realized that there's someone on Reddit that's actually, he has like a tracker for all the times that John Morant says, you know, after a presser. And I think for the last um, 
the last game when the when the Grizzlies got eliminated, he said, you know, like 70 something times in like a four minute span. And it made me think about I'm like, man, is someone listening to these podcasts with us and keeping track of how many times I say, you know, or how many times I say like, is there like, I feel like everybody has like that one word that they say a bunch of times. What is that for you? Shabby? Yeah. You just said like three times, maybe <laughs> every other word. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. true. Oh, man. I don't know. Really? I don't know. You guys would know better than me, honestly, what I would say a lot. You know. I think I say, maybe, I say, you know. know. I say, I think yeah. a lot. And I also say, listen. I'll be like, listen. And then I'll make my point. Jordan, what about you? Is there anything you notice that you say a lot? I notice that, like, every time, a lot of times when I start, like, in casual conversation, like, with my friends or something, like, I'll say, I'll start a conversation and they'll say something and then I'll be like, no, but this, I'll say no in front of a lot of stuff. And I, even when I'm not refuting things, mm. I'll just say no. And I don't know why I do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what I kind of do too. Like you kind of like put that no in front of like something you're not meant. Yeah. Not meant to say. So no, for but... you, no means no and no means yes. I mean, it just, I guess it's it literally is just like a placeholder. I don't know. I feel right. like I just need to put something there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's a good question, though. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's but like like for you, Robbie, you're settled on that like. And I do you say I don't know a lot or I think so or I'm not sure. I say one of those. If but, anyone uh, has, if anyone's tracking this, uh, Logan, our our say, VIP yeah. fan, if you're tracking this, send us the data. <laughs> Oh, by the way, did you see what he tweeted at the the main accounts? You know the the SpongeBob and Squidward picture. Uh, Who Josh? He said that. Um, no, Logan. Oh. Logan uh, did reach out to us on Twitter. By the way, he did uh, tweet the picture of uh, Squidward. You know, looking out from the blinds at SpongeBob and Patrick running around, and uh, he basically alluded to. <laughs> basically, he said, "Y'all know who this is," so I guess that was kind of me looking at you guys out there having a good time but you guys aren't having a good time because the Miami Heat obviously didn't go far but you know we're we're here um Jordan do you have a mood that you could describe something that happened in in the playoffs so far that you know may have described a mood that you're feeling about yourself um you know i'm feeling like very you know, unified, like pretty, I, I've gotten together with some friends and stuff like that. There's a lot of unity going on right now. So after the jazz, after the jazz beat the, beat the the Grizzlies, John Morant's dad had a conversation with Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. just saying like, you know, they treat us, they didn't treat us the best out here. And you reached out and that was like great respect. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to show us that kind of love. And that's why I'm rooting for the jazz now. And just seeing something like that, I've been feeling like reaching out to people, you know, you know, trying to work with people and, you know, you know, reach out to everybody and try to build bridges. And that's kind of how I've been feeling lately. And I, I saw that moment and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a good moment. I, I think that's I like that, man. That's really cool. Um, Man, you know, I thought about nothing like good sportsmanship for real. Nothing like good. Yeah. Sportsmanship. And, and, and by the way, guys, like, you know, we haven't really talked about it too much, but like these fans, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, when that one Wizards fan slid onto the floor, I was like, let me pause. Let me zoom in. Is that Chevy? Is that Chevy trying to do some <laughs> shit? 
Is that Ben Barry? No, I wouldn't. Ah, uh, yeah, it might be. It might be Mr. Barry, not me. I have no intentions of ruining that series, not at all. Um, man, you know, I thought about my mood too, guys, and I, I just, you know, I, 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 I give respect where it's due, and I think for me, um, you know, the way I feel about just, just everything, and and a little bit, especially, you know, when I used to play in my, you know, ten years ago, um, as Devin Booker, you know, just it's a trash talking of Devin Booker. I thought that was a cool, fun moment, but it's what I do with a lot of my friends now, except it's on a, a text message screen. It's on a phone screen because we're a little older and we, we talk about betting money now, not actually playing the sport. And so uh, that's my mood. You know, I, I do a lot of trash talking with my friends. Um, and man, it was cool to see that, though, because, you know, when you are the shit, bro, like and you're just. It's just you're you're three after three after three and six threes in a quarter, like. Dude, you could talk all the shit you want. I mean, you forty-seven points at the uh, in game six. So yeah, Devin Booker is my mood. All his trash talking, go for it, Devin. It, it was cool to see it. Honestly, even though I'm a LeBron fan, just didn't like him going off like that. But at the end of the day, I gotta give credit where it's due. I mean, to play a game like that, uh, fifteen of twenty-two from the field, eight from ten from the three-point line. Uh, Devin Booker, talk all your shit because that is what the NBA needs in general is its uh, star players. And, you know, a lot of people complain about this era of basketball and guys, oh, they're just too buddy-buddy. They support each other. You know, they all want to team up. But look, at the end of the day, Devin Booker went off and he talked his shit. So that that's that's my mood there. All right, let's get into our second round talk here. The field is set for the Eastern Conference. We will name our X-Factors of the series and also give you our prediction. First series up here that has this, that has been decided earlier on, uh, the Nets and Bucks will come into the conference finals. It is KD, Giannis, Antetokounmpo. Robbie, how are you feeling about this series? I'm feeling like whoever wins the series is winning the title. That's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as X factors, uh, the X factors in this series are going to be the fifth wheels, uh, namely Brooke Lopez, and then the rotation of Nets big men that are going to be tasked with defending him and Giannis without fouling out, or at least you know trying to stay in as long as they can. Uh, Jeff Green, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Um, they have Blake Griffin, who did outscore Brooke in the last two meetings um, where they face each other in the regular season. But, I mean, he's probably too slow for Giannis. DeAndre Jordan, I, I don't really know what purpose he serves. There's uh, Claxton and, and, and Bruce Brown, um, who they can throw in there. So we'll see We'll see how that works out on both ends of the floor. Can, can the Nets contain Giannis? Can... I mean, will they play Brooke off the floor and and, pour, and force PJ to the four and Giannis to the five and then just, like, outscore the fuck out of them? I, I don't know what happens there, but I, I think I think I'm think i still going to go for net for the Nets in seven. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much, pro- like, partially agreeing with Robbie here. Like, I think that guys like Bryn Forbes for the Bucks um, – like Pat Connaughton, those guys need to step up in, in order for the Bucks to win. But on the on the Nets side, I I I don't know because 
yeah, Bruce Brown, he can he did some good things in the last series. He's done some good things during the season. Um, Nick Claxton, he's still really raw. Like he has a lot of defensive potential and some offensive potential, but he's really raw. So I don't know if the others are gonna step up like the others for the Bucks can step up because that's a well-oiled machine over there. Like that's a real team. Um, like Dante Divincenzo, Bryn Forbes, um, and like 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 I could go down. The, I can go down the list. Like their whole team like plays well and has confidence that they can play well. Bryn Forbes is an undrafted guy out of Michigan State, and no one knew who he was when he was with the Sun. When he was with the Spurs. And now who now when he's with the Bucks and after he literally outscored Jimmy Butler in that first round series, like people know who he is because he's he's com- he's that confident. He's he's ready to play. He's Jordan, not can you not play. right now with the Sprint Forbes guy? I'm point. still I'm still reeling over here. I'm still in mourning <laughs> over here. Come on. <laughs> but you make an excellent point. Especially with Dante DiVincenzo out. I mean, it's it's gonna be a heavier workload for Pat Connaughton and Bryn Forbes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the thing about this series here, guys, is that I, I found it interesting. And now we're talking about guys like Bryn Forbes, undrafted. This 2018 draft is is becoming impressive. Just to kind of segue off a little bit here, is that Trey and Luca, obviously, you know, great, incredible players. DeAndre Ayton, they, he's got a series win now. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies, and Mikael Bridges, um, and you know, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Anthony Simons, Jalen Brunson, Jake Milton. Uh, we just talked about DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen, um, Allen, excuse me, and Landry Shamet, Bruce Brown Jr. Those are a list of names that I kind of looked through up, and they were in the 2018 draft, and they are playing significant playoff minutes. So I think it's cool that you know, and we talked about this um, before the show with Jordan. You know, the the you know the changing of the tide here, um, and some of these younger guys, and they're only three years removed from that draft. I think is impressive. It's they're younger, but they also are, are impressive early on. And I think that's really promising. So a team like the Bucks, I think that the biggest X factor for them is really their defense, and that's kind of like what has carried them throughout these last couple of years and their success is how well they're going to be defensively against Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. James Harden's going to be the playmaker, right? And how how do you defend James Harden? Like, what are you going to do? I think this is the right team to do it. It's going to be a fun series. I just can't bet against Kevin Durant and like his talent. Like the talent, you know, is is better for Brooklyn, and that's a, that that's where I'm tipping my hat hat to them. I'm gonna say, here's the thing. I'm not even saying seven games, Robbie. I'm saying Nets in six. Wow, Ooh, Nets in six. I'm saying Nets is six. I'm hoping at some point that maybe I jinx them, but I th- I'm I'm on the uh, Nets train to be honest with you. I think that, um, but I, you're right, Rob. Whoever wins this series may may be the champion sh- champion for sure. Here's the thing: the Nets. I think the Nets essentially beat the Celtics by outscoring them, like scoring them off the damn court. And and I think right. that they're proving that it's possible for them to win a damn title doing that. And they might, I don't know, I feel like the Bucks will be their biggest challenge because of how good, like you said, how good they are defensively. Um, it's going to be fun to see the matchups, like who's going to block who um, on both ends of the floor. So, yeah, and, good that, and, and that's the part, you know, I and I, I this is probably, this probably should have been Eastern Conference Finals, but whatever. Like yeah. this is going to be one of the better series we're going to see in, in the entire playoffs, honestly, in my opinion. 
And just watching Giannis and KD go back and forth. I mean, KD is, is a, the experienced vet here in this entire Brooklyn team, in my opinion. Like, I'm not sleeping on them at all. They're the most, they have the most experience. And again, this is like the last Lego, like the players from the, the, the 2000s that you really start seeing their success. Like Durant, you know, was made the finals in 2012, right? So a lot of these guys that were successful in their, you know, 2010s until this decade, um, this this is the last of it, guys. Like Kyrie, KD, James Harden. I mean, every everybody else. They're just they're the youngsters. They're the, the twenty seven and under, twenty eight. You know, twenty six, twenty seven. You know, that's, that's where a lot of Joel and and Giannis is at right now. But now it's you know we're gonna talk about these guys here in a moment. I'm sure. Um, Nets and six though. That's what I got. So we're all KD does it with the Nets. Uh, see, okay, especially because you brought up KD. I've been following KD since I was like seven years old, since he was at Oak Hill. Like, he's my favorite player. But I'm just not quick enough to be like the Nets are just going to be able to outscore the Bucks because that addition of Drew Holiday, that neutralize, I feel like that's going to neutralize Kyrie. Drew Holiday is a real dog on defense. And, you know, if if they put Giannis on KD, you know, that length matchup, He's not going to be able to just shoot over the top of guys. You know, I feel like this is the best matchup for them. I think this could be, I could say Bucks in seven, you know, and I think that's a controversial take, but I, I honestly think that the Bucks might pull it up, pull it out because they're just defensively and offensively, they're just a well-oiled machine and it's a lot of ISO for the Nets. Well, and PJ Tucker has experience. I mean, he played with James Harden, so he, you know, he could be a key here too. Abs- yep, absolutely. Oh man, absolutely. Jordan, you might be, you might be making me switch, switch over mm. here. Now I'm rethinking this. It, it really is a toss up. It really is a toss up. It, it is. I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk about the next series here. We got the Sixers and the Hawks. Uh Trey Young, man, woo! Trey Young has arrived, and um, man. Let's talk about this series because health is wealth <laughs> in the NBA at this point. Um, what you got for us, Robbie? All right. So I think, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the X factor here is going to be Dwight Howard. Dare I say Dwight Howard is an X factor. We don't know if and when Joel Embiid can come back to play. Um, they're saying he's day-to-day with a torn meniscus, which – really doesn't make sense because I feel like Partially an injury like that usually takes weeks to recover. But, I mean, I'm no fucking doctor. What the hell do I know? Um, and, and Ben knows this. Ben is going to need to step up. And I think that after the Hack of Simmons disaster in Game 4 versus the Wizards, he, he did step up and, and was able mm-hmm. to help close out the series. Um, I think Dwight Howard is going to need to match up with Clint Capella in the paint on both ends of the floor and at the very least stay on him and not get fouled out. So with that said, I, man, this is tough. Um, right now I'm going Hawks. I think the Hawks will win it in seven, but if Embiid comes back, I think the Sixers can, can win in six. Mm, that's yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm shifting to, but I'll let you, Jordan, how about you? How do you feel about the series? I'll let you go first. Um, I'm. First of all, I'm really excited, but um, I'm kind of with Robbie on some of these things. Like Joel, Joel not being there 
would will drastically change the series. But even so, the Hawks don't play a lot of defense. Like their offensive their offensive potential is really high, but they don't play a lot of defense. And the Sixers will exploit that, even though Ben Simmons can't really shoot, but they still got guys that can that they'll light you up. You saw what Seth Curry did what Seth Curry did in game six against the Wizards. You saw what Tobias Harris did. Like they have guys that'll light you up. And if you don't play defense, I don't know if you're gonna outscore them. But Trey Young's greatness, like Kevin Herter's been playing amazing. Bogdan's been playing great. Gallinari's been playing great. You have Lou Williams off the bench. You have so much offensive potential. So like I think that they can push them. So it's either gonna it's either gonna be Sixers and six or seven. I agree. So I, I like the Sixers in this series, uh, most definitely. Um, obviously for the purpose of Joel Embiid being healthy and p- being able to play. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest question mark right now. And I think like my X factor with this absolutely would be, would be obviously health and a little bit of Dwight Howard too, Robbie, because I, you know, I thought of the reason why I thought about Dwight Howard is because of this Lakers team this year that looked horrible. They missed him. Um, yeah, I think having Dwight Howard as for some rim protection and investing your time and even like, hell, maybe I'm not saying JaVale McGee would have made a huge difference. But the way and the size and, and the length of DeAndre Ayton, and you mean you want the Suns, you know, kept them in and out at the right times. And you saw what I think defensively Dwight Howard would have been a bigger anchor. So, you know, let's get back to Philly, though, because that's what we're focused on. Philly here is going to have an opportunity now with Dwight Howard who can take some of that experience and understands, you know, what it's like to go through a long, deep playoff run. And so I, I like that about the Sixers. And I, and I hear what you're saying, Jordan, because I think the, the role players, the Seth Currys, the Shake Miltons, those are the guys alongside of Ben Simmons. And this is a big coming to the moment for Ben Simmons, too. Like, if you're not going to be playing with Joel Embiid or limited, maybe they put him on limited minutes, right? That's going to be your moment now. And for you to take this and make that leap and lead lead the Sixers, obviously you know you're going to have a tough road ahead either way with Milwaukee or Brooklyn, right? So in in the the conference finals, if you get that far, so but I think uh, talent wise, I think um, yeah, it's got to be the Sixers in six games here. I think there's some there's some parallels with this series and the Bucks Nets series in that, like Jordan said, you know, the Hawks have all this offensive firepower, kind of like the Nets do. I think the Sixers could be that team to neutralize that because, you know, they have Ben Simmons, they have Matisse Teibel. If Joel Embiid comes back, they have Joel Embiid. I mean, that's what, two defensive player of the year candidates, another guy who could very well be in that conversation too. So this is going to be a good series too. I hope this series goes to seven. Give me some seven game series. All right, moving on to the Western Conference here. As of Thursday night, we learned it will be the Suns and the Nuggets playing in the conference semifinals for the Western Conference here. What you got for us, Robbie? Series prediction and X Factor. Well, in the first round, uh, well, Denver's first round series against Portland, I said that Facundo Campazzo was the X Factor, and I'm going to roll with Denver's entire backcourt being the X Factor in this series because 
Obviously, Dame was a challenge, but CJ McCollum really wasn't. And this Suns backcourt is a different beast. I mean, we've talked about Devin Booker, and we're probably going to keep talking about Devin Booker. 47 points last night to close out the series versus the Lakers. And yeah, there's that shoulder injury for Chris Paul, but he was still productive. He still was able to do some stuff. Uh, Monte Morris and Austin Rivers handled business versus Portland. They, like, outscored the Portland backcourt. So let's see what they can do against the Sun team. Agreed. Jordan, how about you, man? Um, Honestly, I think that I agree with Robbie again here, uh, specifically about, you know, the Nuggets backcourt. Like, they were able to neutralize CJ and look at Dame. Dame had a 55-point game. Yeah. <laughs> and it they still lost. That's Wild. absurd to me. Like yep. that that level of defense and like taking someone out of it. Like if they're able to do that, do something similar with Devin Booker or Chris Paul, where one of them is working really hard for their baskets and the other one can't score, I think they they can pull out the series in probably six. Facts, wow. facts. I, I I gotta agree with it because Monte Morris is actually my X factor here because. I said it before, you know, in, in the preview that Denver, Denver's backcourt, Denver's guards, they just have to work extra hard on offense, hit shots, right? And that's all Denver's going to have to do is just work a little bit harder because you don't have Jamal Murray. But then you get a guy like Monte Morris that gets this opportunity in the closeout game, 22 points, nine assists, and, and he shot the ball 50% from the field, three of six from the three-point line, 50% as well. That, to me, is a good sign for Denver. You have something, and you have somebody who can supplement kind of what Jamal Murray does, right? And that's the biggest thing you need to do. Because to me, Jamal Murray is a scorer, right? And he's just a more of a dynamic scorer, right? That he can get his own shot. He can get you know shoot the three ball, get to the hoop, right? I think if Monte Morris can have a similar style and keep doing what he's doing, he shouldn't have an issue. Um, offensively, you know, it's going to be a ch- more of a challenge for him, you know, based on what we saw from Phoenix's defense. However, you know, defensively for him too, he's got his hands full. I agree, but he's turning the corner. I mean, in the series against the Trailblazers, against a Damian Lillard, he still averaged 16 points a game, shot the ball 43% from the field. Same thing as a three ball. I mean, six assists a game. That those those assists are key because that means for Denver the ball is moving. It's not just Jokic throwing you up, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven assists per game. If you have Monte Morris next to him scoring or you know scoring plus giving those six, eight assists a game in this series, that means the ball is moving and flowing for Denver. So I think we need to see a continuation of that from Monte Morris. I'm going Denver in six. Mm. Oof. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Suns in seven, and I think it's worth pointing out that. In the regular season series, they had one game going to overtime and another game going to double overtime. So this has the makings of being a hell of a series. It's very exciting. It can, yeah. yeah. Especially I- the hype of uh, Joker, MVP, and also people making that case for Chris Paul. Now you have that series-to-series match. I know it's you know based on regular season, but still, like now we get to see how it plays out. Also, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I... Want to be clear? The reason I'm one of the biggest reasons I'm picking the the Nuggets instead of the Suns is because I don't know how healthy Chris Paul is. I like even in that last game, the couple bumps he had a couple bumps run-ins with LeBron, and he kept grabbing his shoulder. And I don't think I don't think he's a hundred percent. He wasn't really driving heavy into the lane. He had a few drives where he like 
uh, pulled up for a little floater. But I don't know how strong that shoulder is. And if he's not 100% and he can't give them every last bit of like Chris Paul greatness, uh, I think that really hinders the Suns. Like the Sun, I feel like they got lucky in the in the first round having AD get hurt and LeBron getting hurt and stuff like that. So I think that really changes the complexion of the series if Chris Paul's not at 100%. Yeah, I agree. So would you say that Chris Paul, you know, being hindered, uh, 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 Chris Paul that's not 100%, can it can affect the Suns negatively more than Jamal Murray being out for Denver? I, I think so, because, yeah, Deve- uh, Jamal Murray gives a crazy scoring punch. He gives you a lot of versatility. But Chris, Fa- Chris Paul is the Suns' engine. Like, he gets everyone involved. Devin Booker can get himself involved, and he can, you know, get a, get a few assists here. But Chris Paul is the Suns' engine. They need him to get DeAndre Ayton involved, to get guys like Mikhail Bridges involved, even though he's going to, like, you know, hustle and get rebounds. But, like, to get Jay Crowder involved, that's how all of them get hot. Um, rather than just Devin Booker, so I think, and I think that the Nuggets just have this next man up mentality. They they have a lot of fight in them, where they just they don't care who's on the court. They still think they're gonna win, right? Yeah, and, and we saw that. You know, they 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 lost leagues, but they also came back from you know being down. And you know, I think the thing the thing is with the Nuggets too is that for Portland, and you know, we'll get to them. Portland isn't like the best defensive team. They haven't been all season on paper, but. So we could be fooled, right? Like some of these guys are having success because just defensively, they're just not being challenged. Like Michael Border Jr. is a great skill player. So, right, can he throw up 26 points against the Suns? Absolutely. I think he can have a game like that. Aaron Gordon, 13 points, four assists, seven rebounds in the closeout game. Um, Austin Rivers only scored seven points, but he has some clutch-ass baskets, right? Yeah. And to me, one of the most underrated like free agent signings that, that you could have picked up. And I love that he went there because they obviously needed a guard and Austin Rivers can still compete. He can give you some defense, but he also can hit. He can knock down a shot when you need one, right? And he obviously proved that. Jermichael Green, you know, ten points coming off the bench. You know, Monte Morris, and then you know, we talking about Composo. Like, those are some of the guys that are just. You see this this unity uh, a little bit more. They're more of a team that that shares the ball, and I love that aspect about them because it also reminds me a little bit, kind of like I, you know, I, I don't want to make this comparison in a weird way, but like the Spurs in a sense, right? You just get that one, you know, guard that can help move the ball, get it up and down, get to the basket like Monte Morris, a.k.a. Tony Parker. You know, you have your big man like Duncan that can pass pretty well but can get you a bucket in the paint. And then you kind of have like your, your Porter Jr. Or, or Aaron Gordon, like your, your manager nobody. Hey, I'm going to be on the wing. Just get me the ball, you know, I'll get to the hole, whatever the case may be. But it's a team uh, basketball that I'm seeing from them. But again, you know, I think I could be fooled, Jordan, by – the poor defense of the, of the Trailblazers because they let him score at, at least over 120 points almost every game, you know. So we could be fooled. Yeah, that I mean that that's true. I I do acknowledge that like Monte Morris having good game, but the thing is Monte Morris was having good games before the playoffs even started. Yeah, but, I agree. But you know, Damian Lillard is not known to be a particularly scrappy defender. C.J. McCollum is not a scrappy defender. You guys trade. They traded for Norman Powell. Traded away um, Gary Trent Jr., who I thought was offensively was really coming into his own. Traded him away. Got Norman Powell, a six three small forward. He's playing small forward at six three. He's not going to be the guy to defend the best player on the other team. You, 
I, I don't think that they really had the defensive prowess to like really give us a good, you know, gauge of where that number right. was at. But right. They they were showing they were showing glimpses of this before the playoffs even started. So I still have faith in them. I do. I agree because I love what the Nuggets did even after they went on an eight game win streak after Jamal Murray's injury. They still didn't fold after the injury. Look, Jokic came in and is still to me the MVP, regardless of whatever happens here in these playoffs. And um I'm excited for this series. But I'm excited for Denver Nuggets fans and, and that that just that actual um, you know, franchise because you know, you've gone through losing Carmelo, had some down years, you get Jokic and you pick yourself back up and They've had some very close calls too, right? I believe it was a game seven about two or three years ago where, where Portland beat them in a game seven, very close. Yeah. So, you know, it's they're they're there, right? And I, I just didn't feel like Portland was there. They were pretenders to me all year. Defensively, they just didn't show signs of getting in the right direction. I know we'll talk about, you know, the, the first round here in a moment. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a fun series. I got Denver in six again. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, you said Suns in six? No, I had said seven. Suns in seven, but you just, now want, you you guys... just want game sevens. I do. I want. I want game sevens. Um, I think I'm gonna flip, man. I think I'm gonna go. No, no, seven. no. What? <laughs> Let me be. Let I me mean, be. Let me be. Phoenix, you, you, Phoenix has a good case, though. I mean, Chris Ball's healthy, or even they not, do. you still got D book. You still have D book. That's just he could come light them up, you know. And that's the scary part about picking Denver in six is that D book could just go off again and make me look like a piece of shit, you know. Yeah. So make us all look like fools. I mean. <laughs> My heart, my, see, honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, my heart wants to tell me that Chris Paul and is just going to win because I want to, I want to see that man win so bad. But I, I just, I just know that the Denver Nuggets are just like a very cohesive unit as are the Suns, but it seems like they can, they can, they can, they have the juice to like go out and win. Right. Uh, just really quick guys. Uh, we, you know, we haven't gotten crossing the bridge to seeing who the Jazz will play, but should the Jazz have a preference of who they want to play next? Hot Luca or maybe that dynamic duo? I want Clippers Luca. I want Luca yeah. to advance. Yeah. I want him to face his Jazz team. I'm a, I'm I'm rooting for I'm rooting for seven games, but I I, I want I want the Mavericks to advance. I'm I'm here with you. Like I want the if I'm the Jazz if I'm the Jazz team right now, I want Luca to advance because. If you look at just the game that he had um, last game, the way that they won, I think only six baskets that they scored weren't assisted or scored by Luka. What does that tell you? Like That tells you that if you can slow this man down, you're going to win the game. If, if you can limit him to 20 points and 10 assists, you're going to win the game. <laughs> because these other guys aren't, you know, yeah. creating their own shots. So, all right. Yeah, well, the Clippers you know, have done a terrible job of handling Luca for the most part. Right. So, yeah, it it's crazy because you know we we alluded to this too earlier, but like it's you look at the Western Conference and if Dallas moves on to win that, you have you know the stars of Utah, which is Donovan and Rudy. It's Luca. It's Jokic, uh, Devin Booker, and that's it. Like in the Western Conference. Like the Eastern Conference, the only thing we're gonna hold on to is the fact that KD, Harden, and Kyrie are all over the age of thirty right now, and have one last shot to do a couple things, you know, maybe a couple rings in a couple years here, and then 
it gets pretty crazy because you have Giannis, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons left in the East. Like, this is unfamiliar territory for some of us. Wouldn't you agree, Robbie? Like, I think it's exciting. A, it's exciting. I agree. I like that it's that it's less predictable. It is. And it's weird because, you know, I'm not I'm not doing well, guys, but <laughs> I'm okay with this this is a good production we're gonna get to see, I think. It's it's shaping up to be like that, right? So um yeah, I, I obviously have a lot to say that you know, towards the end here. Um so yeah, no no preference, right? Pre- preference would be Luca, but like for the jazz perspective, right? Like either way, I think you guys think the jazz move on further and, and win the West? Or or if you had to pick somebody to win the West today, who's winning the West? The Nuggets or the Suns, the winner of the series. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I, I can I can stand with that. I think that the either the Nuggets or the Suns will probably end up in the conference fight, end up winning the West. Yeah, I say Nuggets. Nuggets will win the West. I'll say it now. All right, let's get into dribble dunk or flop playoff debuts. We'll be playing our version of Mary Fuck or Kill for the player making their debuts this season. As always, Dunk will be our top choice. Dribble will be our runner-up. And Flop will be the odd man out. Robbie, Dunk, Dribble, or Flop, what you got for player playoff debuts? I'll start with my Dunk. Um, We've talked a bunch about Devin Booker. Um, I mean, he's been unfucking real 29.7 29.7 points per game on 48.8, 43, and 94 practically shooting splits. That's insane. Um, but I'm going to give some love to Trey Young. And, and I'm going to do it reluctantly because I hate the way that he foul baits. But there's no denying that he is ready. He's ready to shine. He can hit the big shots when it matters. And honestly, I respect the way he flipped the script on the Knicks and embraced this villain role and stuck it to them. He is a star. There's no denying that. With that said, I, I do think that the league needs to do something about this foul baiting shit. Like, it's getting really annoying. But anyway, Dunk will go to Trey Young and Devin Booker, respectively. Um, my dribble will go to Ja Morant. I mean, people gawk at anyone mentioning Ja as being a better player than Zion. And I get why. But where is Zion right now, everybody? Where is he? Okay. The Grizzlies weren't supposed to beat the Warriors in the play-in, much less have any sort of success against the Jazz. And he's done something not even LeBron or Michael Jordan or Kobe have done. He's the first guy since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to score 100-plus points in his first three playoff games. He's averaged 30.2 points per game in the playoffs. That's fucking incredible. I mean, shout-out to him and shout-out to the Grizzlies for playing with some heart and effort when everyone counted them out, unlike the Heat and the Lakers. Let's be real. And then I guess my flop will be Julius Randle because he kind of just shit the bed in the playoffs. Agree. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, he did. I agree with that one. How about you, Jordan? Uh, Oh, Robin. Robbie has... I'm very close to the same list as me. <laughs> um, so my drib- my dribble, I mean, my dunk is definitely Trey Young and Devin Booker. More so Trey Young, because Trey Young went into a hostile environment. New York does not like him, <laughs> and they went. He went and he aver- he averaged more than thirty points. 
he he literally destroyed their team from four levels on the court. I like this man is like one of the only maybe there's three guys in the league that are four level scorers, thirty feet out at the three point line, mid range and at the rim. He can do it from every spot, and he did it the whole series, and he made New York look foolish. <laughs> so I, I mean. Trey Young has to be my dunk. This is his first time in the playoffs, and he literally just showed up and played like he was magic, like he was a, like he was Michael Jordan. So that's definitely definitely going to Trey Young. Uh, my dribble is someone who is also on the Grizzlies, but is not John Morant. It's Dylan Brooks. I have a lot of respect for Dylan Brooks because defensively, he's he's a very solid defender. He plays very hard on defense. But also goes on the other goes on the other side of the ball and scores the ball when they needed it. When when the Grizzlies got that win at Utah, it's literally because Dylan Brooks put the team on his back and and scored what is it what was it fifteen points in the third quarter. It like he he's really surprised me and I didn't know he was that much of a leader of the one of the biggest leaders of this Grizzlies team and I I really like to see it. My flop is two New York Knicks and it's Julius Randle and RJ Barrett because mm. RJ Barrett shot 25% from, from three and less than 30%, 27% specifically from the field in this series. That is unacceptable. Like look at, look at that draft class, that 2019 draft class. You have Zion has, has had really good success. Hasn't had any playoff success. It's okay. You've had you have John Morant, who's had two amazing seasons, and I also agree is probably better than Zion. And then you have yes, RJ Barrett. You have RJ Barrett, who's at number three, who had a good regular season, but it wasn't a great regular season. And he comes into the playoffs, and he really shot the bed, especially in a point in at a time where he could have helped Julius Randle out and like you know, really took the bl- took some of the blame off of him and, like, if he played well. But they both just really shit the bed. So that that's my flop. Uh, yeah, those are good guys. Um, You know, for me, I'm actually, I'm going to dunk on Devin Booker because I, I, I think an argument for Trey Young is perfect. I like it. I like, I like everything I'm seeing so far from the young guys, right? Like, this is anybody who is 25 and under who is, is, is doing something so significant and playing out of their minds is it's incredible guys. It's, it's, it's not, you know, something that should be, people should be mad at as NBA fans. Uh, obviously, you know, you want, people want to see Steph, LeBron. I get it. Right. KD's out there still, but Devin Booker, man, like in this series, he's again, we'll, we'll talk about the numbers, you know, against, uh, and it's the Lakers defense. What didn't just lay down except for the last couple of games, right. Without AD, that defense isn't as great, but for the most part, they maintain a top five defense without LeBron and AD for a huge part of this this season. And so, you know, my argument is defensively, Devin Booker was tested a little bit, right? Um, you know, 29 points a game in the series, 40% from the field overall, 42% from the three-point line, and he averaged five assists and six rebounds a game. Um, to me, at some point, like when they were double teaming early on in that, you know, first game or so, he was just making the right pass. He was getting his teammates involved. I mean, what was an eight assists that game in the first game? I mean, 34, eight assists and six, seven rebounds, sorry, in the first game, shooting 50%. Still incredible. Uh, first game. That's his first game ever in the playoffs. 
Um, he went on and scored 30 points in four or 30 points or more in four games or in four games of the series. So he ultimately, and to me, I mentioned it. I said he is the best player on the Phoenix Suns this season. Chris Paul is great. And, and the numbers, you look at Chris Paul's numbers. I know, like, people aren't like, well, it's not the numbers, it's what he brings. I get it. Like, if you want to consider him an MVP candidate, it's because he does truly come. It's more than just on paper with Chris Paul. I get that. And the argument's great, but Devin Booker is just spot out the best, better player right now. And that's that's what it is for Phoenix. So for me, Devin Booker, my man, you get the dunk. Dribble, though, I will go Trey Young. I think you guys both explain it very well. Don't need to say much more about Trey Young. My flop is Julius Randle. I personally thought the Knicks were going to win in six games. Randle was going to have the time of his life and in his playoffs debut, but <laughs> the All-Star failed. Us, the Knicks, and MSG. So for that, flop Mr. Uh, Mr. Randle. But, uh, you know, shout out to Knicks fans. They had a good year. Studs and Duds. All right, let's talk about our studs and duds of the first round of the playoffs. As always, we have a stud or studs or a dud and duds, I should say. Uh, Robbie, studs and duds, we'll roll with the studs first here. Who you got? Well, for my stud, I was going to give it to Kawhi until he um, airballed at three Wednesday night in the closing seconds you know something about the clippers and these corner three shots in the clutch i mean i don't know they just can't do it but let's see what he does tonight you know hopefully i i'm been saying it the whole pod i want a game seven so Kawhi, if he get me that game seven you'll get back in my good graces we'll see what happens uh i'm gonna roll we've talked a bunch about the young guys and the passing of the torch and and how this league is about to switch it up um I'm going to roll with Dame Dalla. He is like the quintessential, despite the loss player. For a minute there last night, his teams went on a run, and I'm like, okay, they're making it up to him for completely shitting the bed in game five. That phrase is like really just a theme in this podcast today. But that turned out to not be the case. And, you know, it's gotten to a point with this guy where you see the clock winding down, and he has the ball. And in your mind, you just know he's going to hit that three. He's going to hit that three to either win the game or send the game into overtime. Unfortunately, he missed a couple last night um, that could have given them a chance. But, I mean, he's just unbelievable. And he's remained committed. He's he's committed to sticking it out with the Blazers, or at least he was up until last night. There was a cryptic Instagram post out there that he put um, but at this rate, yeah. he's the one guy who, honestly, like, I wouldn't roll my eyes at if he joined a super team because I really, really want to see this guy win a ring. He deserves it. One stud for sure after he came back from injury is Donovan Mitchell. And it's kind of been going under the radar because, like, that series wasn't, you know, super popping. But he came back and he's absolutely, he absolutely dominated that series. Um, in that closeout game, he literally had um, more than 20 in the first half, destroyed every defender they threw at him. Like he's been, he's been amazing. And Kawhi was, is my other stud. Like, even though he missed that, that corner shot that was supposed to be for the game, he's literally been keeping the Clippers afloat. Like if it wasn't for Kawhi, 
this series would have been over a long time ago. So he's my other stud. Um, I I have a tough time with it. I have a tough time saying who my dud is because like, you know, we all back like I really have an issue with like how Julius Randle played. I this is <laughs> this is literally my my biggest flop, other than like you know Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler not scoring more than Bryn Forbes is really rubbing me the wrong way. He he played defense and he played the the right way, quote unquote, but I mean he's got to get more shots than that. He's he looked like he was playing like doing chess passing drills out out there like he was passing it side to side, side to side, nothing happening. Like didn't want the ball. So those are my duds. So who to you had the worst playoff performance in the first round Julius Randle or Jimmy Butler I, I think it's I think it's Jimmy Butler I agree I agree that's why I ask because I think you know he had more this is a guy that basically told his team get me to the playoffs and I'll take it from there okay well got you to the playoffs <laughs> what happened after Dude, I, yeah I I'm really worried about that franchise like I I know that Victor Oladipo is supposed to come back but how much is that going to change the complexion of their team Tyler Hero got like no minutes after they were heralding him as like the next guy in Miami and I'm just like this is a real problem (laughs) like this like him Duncan Robinson had a had a pretty bad shooting pretty bad series when he was shooting the ball but like I I don't know that they they looked abysmal yeah, I guess on that note, I guess I'll jump in here with my dud, the Miami Heat, the entire fucking team. Like, <laughs> are we really about to be the only team to get swept in the playoffs? Yep. Really? I mean, we really just willingly, we just kind of laid over on our side and, and got gangbanged by Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew and mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez and even Bryn Fo- Who the fuck is Bryn Forbes? I was like watching. <laughs> I was like, who the and look i i trust pat riley i do he didn't seem too concerned in his end of year press conferencing that he does to end every season and i mean we do have money and assets to play with so maybe he's got some tricks up his sleeve i mean this isn't danny ainge we're talking about here i do expect pat riley to make a move and he sounded very confident in that he can do that so um i don't know i I mean, you know, I am a little concerned about the future. I I don't know what they're going to do with Duncan Robinson or Kendrick Nunn. Ultimately, what they end up doing with Tyler Hero. Will they sign Jimmy Butler to this extension? What do they do with Oladipo? There were rumors out there yesterday that that the Heat were pursuing Dennis Schroeder. I'm not feeling that. I don't like that. Doesn't seem like a good Um, thing. You know, how about, how about we, you know. Fuck it, go all in and get Damian Lillard or something at this rate. I'm down. I'm d- listen. I'm ex- Damian Lillard's not a great defender, but I don't care. That's a guy you got to go for. Kind of like James Harden, which we probably should have pursued a little harder. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, it's I I can't give anybody the stud award, Robbie, except for Damian Lillard. I I feel the same way like just watching him like it's He's tried, man, and you know you got to get him in the right direction. I think at some point, uh, to be able to 
to win games and 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 they've been doing this what is it eight years eight seasons in a row now for his career and he hasn't gotten the the closest he's gotten again is the conference finals a few years ago where they met up with the Warriors and got swept and that's the farthest they've been with this team and this roster and it's just you know I don't know you try some things out as a team it doesn't work and then unfortunately you waste eight years or eight nine years wherever how long Dame's been in the league and, and now it's career wasted you know so in a sense, is all that time, but he's in the prime of his career now to move forward and do something incredible, incredible season for Damian Lillard. I don't think anybody else could have had that stud award, but um, maybe besides Luca or Devin Booker. But I mean, Dame, I think he's a likable guy, Robbie, and a lot of people feel the same way. Like, go just get this guy in a winning situation. Like, let's see him in the entire playoffs. Like, we're tired of seeing Dame out in the first round, right? You get six or seven games of Dame in the playoffs every year. Maybe he they overachieve and, and get into the second round. You get three or four games, you know, more of him, six, seven more, whatever the case is. Because last year he missed, you know, game five against the Lakers, right? And so you you have this. It's it's a it's a good career he's having, but I don't know, man. I don't know what to do for Portland. They just it just I don't know. I feel That's like Dame's really rapping career can really flourish in Miami too. <laughs> I'm just throwing that. Ah, it's a good point. <laughs> Dame Dalla. That's a good point. Well, you know what, Robbie? You start a campaign. Because I was uh on the brink of starting an Orlando campaign for, you know, Damian Lillard. Let's let's make it happen, man. You know, we just need that one all-star, superstar changing player next to some young guys, man. You know, and um sometimes a point guard, you know, we don't have like the most healthiest point guards on the roster with Markel Fultz, but uh, we'll see. Um my challenge dad, accepted. <laughs> let's do it my dud though guys i i gotta give it to, to julius randall i mean i had high hopes for julius randall um but when you play back-to-back games where one you shoot 31 percent from the field <clears throat> um in one of the games um and then you come and follow up that with a 13 percent from the field two for 15 from the field i don't know i i just you're an all-star you Connor just needs to lead your team, right? Um, D Rose played incredible, you know, scored a lot of points for the Knicks. So while Julius Randle wasn't doing that for the Knicks, and uh, I think they truly, obviously, missed that from Julius Randle and that aspect of it there. So I think he ultimately earns like the ultimate dud of the 2021 first round playoffs there. Um, I just obviously Boston, we didn't have high hopes. Chevy, uh, this is a cop out. This is a cop out. This Julius Randle as your dud is a cop out. It's a cop out. It's a cop out. You're really not. telling me that you're not gonna call out any of your, you know, the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder had a bagel in game in game five. Bagel, I mean, they, not an everything bagel, a fucking raisin bagel. The thing about like that team is that there there was a point where they were performing well. You know, there's games, game two and three there. The Lakers were there. Right. And this team changed dramatically after like the first two games, uh, after the first two games that they won. Right. So they played well. But the thing is, Julius Randle just didn't have like the greatest series overall. Like, And then your team lost the series like you had home court advantage and then you lost it. Like Madison, Madison Square Garden was lit and you lost the series. So Anthony Davis had 34 points each time, you know, two games in a row. I mean. The team was shooting the ball well enough. I mean, the duds come in, in spurts for the Lakers. It mm. does. But they're not the biggest dud. It's not not with Los Angeles. It's not. I don't accept your dud pick. Dud pick rescinded. 
I think that I think that Julius Randle, his play in the playoffs can be summed up in like one sentence. And Stephen A. Smith loves it. He's going left. And it's just the truth. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, if they get the ball, they're gonna go left. Even if they cross over they look like they're going right, they're coming back left. And people have figured that out. So yeah, I'd I don't think that we, to be fair, knowing that, I don't think that anybody should have had crazy expectations for Julius Randle because if his three-point shot wasn't going down, it wasn't much he could do. As a lefty, I feel personally attacked. Hey, my brother's a lefty. (laughs) I I have love for left-handed players. Left-handed, like, left-handed hoopers also have, like, crazy jump shots and great handles. So, no disrespect to lefties in general, but Julius Randle and RJ Barrett specifically, they're always going left. <laughs> they're, not, they're not going any other way. <laughs> All right, we are bringing back NBA eulogies for the 2021 NBA playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, it is a depressing time. It is. I'm sad. LeBron James will never, ever be in the NBA finals this summer. And that's hitting me hard. So we're going to read about it. We're going to talk about it here and talk about the eliminated team. So if you're a fan of these teams, we reason with you here. First is the Los Angeles Lakers. Hate to be the one to burst everyone's bubble, but we're not in Disney World anymore. The Lakers had an implosion of epic proportions. For the point guard and the Suns played them all off the floor. AD was sidelined with injuries. And LeBron look lethargic. Those offseason upgrades stayed playing like a junior varsity crew. Maybe Lee GM trades this terrible roster out for the entire cast of Space Jam 2. Is this yet another sign that Father Time is undefeated? Just another thing for Laker Nation to lose sleep over as they fall into an abyss. All credit goes to them boys from the valley who came for the king and did not miss all right the portland trailblazers rest in peace to the boys of rip city another season will go by where dame dalla won't be able to cash in this is now four times in the last five years where the blazers get knocked out in the first round failing to win this series was poised to make it to seven games There were stretches where all of Portland's shots were straight money. But when you miss challenges and fail to implement a defensive scheme, you'll get outscored by Morris Rivers' backcourt and the man they call Big Honey. It's back to the drawing board this offseason. There's a few glaring weak links they can no longer dismiss. Running it back with Terry Stotts and CJ McCollum is no longer the best option. Damian Lillard deserves better than this. Come to Miami, Damien. Come to Miami. (laughs) Orlando bound. New York Knicks. The playoffs made a triumphant return back to Madison Square Garden. The New York Knickerbockers overachieved, declaring that their time is now. What began as a sold-out arena full of boisterous fans for the first times in over a year concluded with Trey Young repeating history and taking a bow. 
two teams with a 41-31 record had a salivating for a seven-game series in the East, but sometimes you are not what your record says you are. Getting blown out in three consecutive games exposed the disparity in talent, and after taking center stage, the moment proved to be too big for the team's all-star. There is still a ways to go to catch up to their counterparts across Brooklyn Bridge. Don't get tri trigger happy now, Leon Rose. You've got a foundation you should try to reunite. Along with 60 million in cap space and draft picks, you will be a more desirable destination. Until then, you must collect your bearings and exit stage right. Mickey Miller is smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies weren't supposed to make it this far. Everyone expected Steph and the Warriors to beat them at first glance. But that grit and that grind came into the bay to spoil Adam Silver's raiding dreams. With John ja Morant shining on the big stage, hitting the shots his team needed to advance. Do not let the final series record of 4-1 fool you. Their top-seeded opponents did not expect this much fight from the boys in blue. Once Donovan Mitchell came back into the lineup and the Jazz hit 47 points in a quarter, there was not much a team without a true three-point scoring threat could do. This playoff experience will serve this young group well as they continue to grow. Jaren stays healthy, Dylan out of foul trouble, and Jaw continues his progression. Maybe they go all in and bring another star into the mix next season. Either way, it's like Zach Lowe said, this is a team primed for ascension. Now we got the Boston Celtics, my, my hometown team that I don't root for. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like an ex-superstar teammate scorned. For no amount of chucked water bottles was going to stop Kyrie Irving. Not even Jason Tatum putting up 40-50 Hamburg... <laughs> 50 burgers night in and night out. Could the Celtics prospects in the playoff appear a, le a little less un unnerving? There's only so much you can do against an offensive juggernaut, whose big three is scoring about 87 points per game. No Jalen, Kemba, or Time Lord left, left them with Marcus Smart as the second option. Never a good idea. For this, there's only one man the city of Boston can point to can point to and blame what will brad stevens do do now as the new man in charge for the, of rebuilding this team unloading a certain contract that is seen as having negative trade value will be tough but he'll need to continue to shake things up for them to be for them to contend again because running it back with the j bros and the ragtag will certainly not be enough <sighs> Goodbye, Danny Ainge. Goodbye. About time. He, he gave us some good stuff. I, I can't even be mad. He gave him some good things. He got one championship. Just now, the, now the Washington oh. Wizards. We gather here today to send the Washington Wizards home. After such a terrible start, their stars still managed to carry all the weight. They even won a playoff game. And that's more than one other team can say. Ultimately, a, a pre-game session of Call of Duty would seal their fate. Some may say that one Wizards playoff win was a stroke of pure luck. 
that it was only because Joel Embiid went down with a with a knee injury in Game 4. But in fact, it was Scott Brooks unleashing his best, and only, defensive scheme. Will his job be safe, or will they finally show him the door? Promise, li promise lies in their talented young players like Gafford Bryant and Hachimura, and they appear to have come out victorious in the Wall Westbrook deal. While while that may not still while that may still not be enough to make this team a true contender, it might just do the trick for them to get an extension done with Bradley Beal. Oh boy, this is gonna be a tough one. <clears throat> Miami Heat, tonight we bid farewell to the team that was supposed to be Milwaukee's kryptonite. Many had faith they would win again despite a lackluster regular season, truth be told. But the Bucks came more than prepared for redemption, and you know what they say, revenge is a dish best served cold. Boy Wonder played more like a one-hit wonder, Bam was allergic to the rim, refusing to drive or grab any boards. You know shit is hitting the fan when Jimmy Buckets gets outscored by some guy named Bryn Forbes. This season, heat culture became beat culture, defeat culture. Some would even say deceit culture. They'll need to answer a lot of questions this offseason if they want to continue to win. But there's one question we need Jimmy Butler to answer for us right now. What the fuck did you mean when you said you were stupidly locked in? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh what no. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> poor Heat fans. Uh, poor Heat fans. No empathy, though. Oh no. I, I, I feel bad for him. I feel terrible for him. <laughs> <laughs> also, there, there actually might be some cause to celebrate for the Heat. Because I just read that Zach Levine just sold his house in Chicago and one of the places he wants to go is Miami. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for <laughs> for helping me through these seven stages of grief. <laughs> Maybe this is the upward turn like Google says. <laughs> yeah, well. No LeBron James in the finals. Set. all right that is a shoot or pass podcast the second round preview and our first round wrap up here as always this is chevy you guys can find me at baseline chevy on twitter make sure you guys follow us at baseline times on instagram and twitter where you'll see a lot of our work jordan's work is going to be on there working hard this summer um and yeah, if you're listening to this, shout out to Logan. You know, tell the people to listen to us. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all major podcast streaming platforms, www.baselinetimes.com. Um, as always, we will give some shout outs here at the end of the show. Uh, Robbie, you want to start here? Any shout outs? Yeah, I've got a shout out. There's an 18-year-old valedictorian in Texas. Is it Texas? Yeah. A Dallas high school uh, named Paxton Smith, who completely scrapped her approved graduation speech and started talking about Texas's abortion law. Shout out to you, girlfriend. You have some cojones 
to do that. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. I agree. I love it. I love it. How about you, Jordan? Any shout outs? think so yeah no I'm I'm good (laughs) you're a little little struck that LeBron's not making the finals either um you know what I'm fine with it you know the the NBA NBA ratings will will dip a little bit come on Jordan hey 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 I you know I'm I'm, I respect the game I love I love LeBron but you know let let someone else get a taste of the finals this year (laughs) I think a lot of people feeling that but um you know, I don't know how to, I didn't know what I wanted to shout out today. I was just very distraught. But, um, you know, I'm going to shout out again to, to the King, LeBron. You know, I don't give him the shout outs, but I'll give him just, you know, the appreciation post here, uh, so to say, because, um, man, it sucks, man. It really does. But, you know, I think it's, I think what we need to do is shout out to everybody as a whole that's performing in these playoffs, such as like the John Morans, the Trey Young, the Luka Doncic, uh, Joker. Um, these are the, this is the future of the NBA. So I think it's a big uh, coming of the moment for these guys. It's, you know, kind of awakened me that the, the generation is shifting in the NBA. And the last time it happened for me, I kind of just didn't recognize it. I was a little too young, but um yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy how like this is, is happening. And and I think guys that this this is one of the more efficient uh, generations in basketball. I think it's going to be one of the better, um, more efficient, skilled generation that we're going to see in a long time. I mean, come on, man, like 47 points for in a playoff game uh, for deep book. I mean, John Morant has something similar. Um Trey Young. I mean, we're just seeing guys just be able to not just score the basketball, but win games and help their team win games. And shout out to these franchises for putting together teams to surround their their you know best players because sometimes teams just say, okay, we'll draft this guy, get this guy, we need a power forward, we'll sign him off the street. Boom, let's try to go win a championship with LeBron James, right? Um, so you know, shout out to just the NBA holistically, the young guys in the NBA. Uh, I think that's the biggest theme you know coming in today. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely torn. I'm, I'm accepting all slander. It, it is what it is. It's I do a lot of shit talking. So hey, you know what? That's where I'm at. Shout out to shout out to the NBA world. Uh, as always, guys, uh, we are the Shooter Pass Podcast. Robbie, where can the people find you at? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on the Twitter and the Gram. And Jordan, as our intern, anything you want to promote uh, yourself? You guys give yourself a hype. <laughs> Boost yourself up, man. You can. You guys can find me on Instagram at uh, Demenzo1020 and on Twitter at, at jjackson274. So, you know, that's me. Also, I just I want to steal my my shout out back. I want to shout out D Rose. D Rose is the ultimate ultimate class professional. And, you know, just showed respect to Trey Young after that game. So I just want to shout out to you, Rose. All right, that's what's up. Um, so Gabe isn't here. I think Jordan needs to do the honors. Uh, Gabe always ends the podcast saying word and he, like, extends it. I want to see if you can do it, Jordan. Can you do it? Can you close this out here? How long does this got to be? Like, like a minute? As long as you want. <laughs> Hold your breath. <laughs> For as long as you can. Just exaggerate it. Word.